Microphones. Microphone source impedance. Virtually all of today's professional microphones, Kepler and Dynaric, are what may be called low impedance, as opposed to the high impedance models of decades past. The range of impedance may be typically from 50 to 200 OHMS for Kepler microphones, or up to the range of 600 OHMS for some dynamic models. Since the traditional input load impedance seen by the microphone today is in the range of 2,000 to 5,000 OHMS, it is clear that the loud impedance is high enough that it has little measurable effect on the microphone's output voltage. This being the case, the microphone output impedance rating is of little particular consequences in modern systems layout. However, some microphones preamplifiers have a control for adjusting the input. Microphone equivalent self-noise level rating. Today, the self-noise level of a capsular microphone is expressed as an equivalent acoustic noise level rate at VD. For example, a given microphone may have a self-noise rating of 13 BD. What this means is that the microphone has a noise floor equivalent to the single that would be picked up by additional noiseless microphone. If the microphone were placed in an acoustic sound field of 13 BD, modern studio-grade capillary microphones generally have self-noise ratings in the range of 7 BD to 14 or 15 BD. Tube models will have higher noise ratings, many in the range of 17 BD to 23 BD. As a practical matter, the self-noise of a modern capsule microphone will be about 10 to 12 BD greater than the equivalent input noise of a good console or pre-amplifier input stage. Thus, the self-noise of the microphone will be dominant. With a dynamic microphone, this is not normally the case. The output voltage of the dynamic microphone may be 10 to 12 BD lower than that of the capillary model so that the EIN of the console will dominate. As a result of this, dynamic microphones do not carry a self-noise rating. Rather, their performance must be assessed relative to the EIN of the following console preamplifier. Some microphone specifications carry two self-noise ratings. One of these is the traditional A-weight curve, and the other is the psychromatic curve that is more appropriate for microphones using in non-recording measurement purposes. Distortion specifications. For studio quality microphones, the reference distortion limit is established as the acoustical single level at 1 kHz, which will produce no more than 0.5 THD total harmonic distortion at the microphone's output. Reference distortions amounts of 1% or 3% may be used in qualifying dramatic microphones for general, vocal, and handheld applications. Microphone distortion measurements are very difficult to make inasmuch as acoustical levels in the range of 130 to 140 are required. These levels are hard to generate without significant loudspeaker distortion. A testophone mechanical editor Arrangement can be used with pressure microphones. 
whereas good acoustical seal can be made, but it is useless with any kind of gatherant microphone. It has been suggested that microphone distortion memories can be made using a twin tone method in which two sweep frequencies separated by the fixed frequency interval, such as 1000 Hz, could be applied to the microphone under test. Since the individual sweep tones are separated generated, they can be maintained at fairly low distortions. Any difference tone generated by the diaphragm preamplifier assembly represents distortion and can be easily measured with a fixed 1000 Hz filter. A direct equivalence with standard THD techniques. In many studio quality microphones, the distortion present a very high level results not from the nonlinearities of diaphragm motion, but rather from electrical overload of the amplifier stage immediately following the diaphragm. Accordingly, some manufacturers simulate microphone distortion by injecting an equivalent electrical signal electrical distortion at the microphone's output. This method assumes that the diaphragm assembly is not itself producing distortion, but rather that the measured distortion is purely the result of electrical overload. We must rely on the manufacturers themselves to ensure that this method indeed the case. Brass, a single caloroid placed about 4 meters above the players, aimed downward. Basses, a single caloroid placed overhead about 1.5 meters, 5 feet from the first st stand of players. House pair, two widely spaced caloroids hanging from the ACTAC and positioned about 7 meters, 25 feet above the audience, and about 8 meters, 26 feet from the edge of the stage. These microphones were aimed at the upper back corners of the hall. All accent microphones were operated with a slight LF roll-off, low frequency below about 100 hertz. With this exception of the house pair, they were all fed into various amounts of digital reverberation units whose parameters were such to match those of the occupied hall. The stereo output of the reverberation unit was returned to the two-channel stereo mix at an appropriate level, no more than to ensure that the effect of the HM microphones blended with the natural pickup provided by the main four microphones across the front of the orchestra. Care and maintenance of microphones. There is relatively little that a sound engineer and technician can do in the way of actual maintenance of microphones outside the minor external repairs. Far more important are the routine things that can be done on a daily basis to care for them and to ensure that they are working properly. All technical personnel in a given broadcast recording or sound reinforcement activity should be taught the rudiments of proper microphone handling. And if these rules are followed, a microphone should last virtually indefinitely with little or no departure from its original response. In addition, there are a number of easy measurements and performance comparisons that may determine if the microphone is performed according to its specifications. 
When not in actual studio use, microphones should be stored in the boxes in which they were shipped. A good alternative here is to construct a cabinet with felt-lined sections for each microphone, and it is recommended that the microphone clip or mount normally used with the model be stored in the same slot. Fuzzy managers will demand that the cabinet be locked at all times and that operating personnel be given keys. Many older models of dynamic and ribbon microphones have open magnet structures with a considerable stray magnet field that can attract forensic dust particles. Over the years, this dust can pile up and possibly impair performance, so be on the lookout for it. Vocals and Vocal Groups In performance, most vocalists make up of handheld vocal microphones whose response characteristics are internally equalized produce a fairly smooth response at close operating distances. In the studio, the vocalist is normally recorded dual diaphragm large format capillary models. Years of accumulation have convinced most vocalists as well as engineers that this is the only way to go. There is much to be said in favor of this microphone type. The models are all slightly different in response and the engineer can usually pick up one that truly enhances the performer's voice at high frequencies. As a group they are robust and can take high vocal levels and stride. Many older type models dating from the early 1960s are highly regarded and are routinely used for these purposes. The normal studio setup. The microphone Set in colorway position is placed in front and above the vocalist with room for a music stand. The operating distance is approximately 0.6 meters, 24 inches. A sheer pop screen is normally positioned in front of the microphone, as shown in order to control inadvertent pops of wind from the vocalist. Be sure to angle the music stand so that there are no direct reflections from the vocalist to the microphone. It is customary to provide a stool for the vocalist, whether or not it is actually used. In the tracking session, the vocalist will normally be surrounded by baffles on three sides, and in extreme cases of studio leakage, it may be necessary for the vocalist to perform in a vocal booth. This is rather a confining environment and should be chosen at last resort. Wherever the vocalist is located, it is important that the headphone monitor be carefully tailored to the vocalist's tastes. Typically, the vocalist will want to monitor the stereo mix with a generous amount of the vocal track itself, complete with stereo reverberation. In an unlikely event that you are using a compressor on the vocal track going to tape, do not put the single in the vocalist's monitor mix. There are so many important details here that it is strongly recommended that you cover as many points in setup as you can before the vocalist arrives for the session. And someone on the studio staff who will be glad to help you set up. The psychology of the moment is critical. Nothing is more comforting to the vocalist than hearing a truly clean and clear sound the first moment the headphones are put on. Recording backup vocals. You can use as many recording channels as you have to spare, but a minimum of two may suffice. 
Since more than one singer will be on each microphone, do not hesitate to reposition the singers slightly in order to correct balances. Experienced backup singers are always aware of this and will gladly follow your requests. If you find it necessary to compress the stereo singles, make sure that you use two compressors that the stereo coupled in order to maintain overall balances. A backup chorus, if needed, can best be recorded using a classical techniques. Stringed instruments. Flute. A good balance is 30 to 50 centimeters, 12 to 20 inches in the middle of the flute. Saxophone. Good balance, 30 to 50 centimeters, 12 to 20 inches off the bell. Trumpet. 1 meter 40 inches. Very high frequencies diminish quickly at 45 off axis. Sound on axis is very bright. Consider using a ribbon microphone. Trombone. A colloid microphone aimed downward from above approximately 90 off axis of the bell. Distance 1 to 2 meters, 40 to 80 inches isolation. The harp. The harp can be recorded. A space stereo pair of omnidirectional microphones will produce the best timbre, but in a crowded studio it may be mandatory to use Collaroid microphones for added isolation. Synthesizers. Like a solid body guitar, the synthesizer can only be recorded directly from a stereo pair of outputs. In many cases, synth players will want to lay down additional tracks by overdubbing, so manage your track capability accordingly. Find